today I want to preach to you by, of course, the help of Jesus, my forever hope. Would you say that with me, please? My forever hope. And the first week that I shared this subject, it was one that appears to have been David. David was our focus where he said in Psalm 71, verse 14, but I will hope continually and I will praise you yet more. Psalm 71, 14, but as for me, I will always have hope. And so we understood that the psalmist was older. He saw his life as an example, a solemn sign or a testimony to others of all that God had done for him. And that's why he said in 71, verse 5, he said, For you have been my hope, as he looked back on his life, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. And so his hope was a confidence. His confidence was based on hope. And then last week, we focused on Abraham, this patriarch's faith that was anchored in hope. I told you I was going to mention that. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. God took an oath in his own name. Here's what he said, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Here it is, verse 19. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence beyond the veil. Faith is the rope that tethers us to the anchor of our soul. Hope is the anchor of our soul. It's not a human hope. It's a heavenly hope. In fact, it spoke of Abraham so that you know the difference. Uh, Romans 4 says, verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, <clears throat> Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. And so Abraham taught us about this forever hope. So today, by the help of the Lord and his direction, this will be the last time that I'm going to address you on this subject, my forever hope. And I want to look at now the Apostle Paul and look at the hope that Paul had. And I believe through these last three Sundays, and I'm believing and praying that we'll have a different understanding, appreciation of this hope that we have in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people in our world we also, being those people, we need hope. We, we need to see that there's something bigger and greater. And true biblical hope is not just human hope. It is a heavenly hope. Let's pray right now, and we're going to dive into what God has uh, directed me to give you today. Are you ready? Praise God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Father, I come to you today because I need you. These good people that are listening need you. doesn't matter if we're a guest or we're a regular member or attendee of this church. We know one thing, that we're all signed on in your divine purpose. I pray that you'd anoint my mind. I pray that you'd anoint my, the, the, the ears of those that are hearing. Let there be a chemistry and a melting of our hearts together. Let faith join in the name of Jesus. I feel a witness of your spirit and your divine purpose that this day can make a difference in the hungry hearts that are here. 
I thank you for it, Lord. I praise you. I worship you. I bless your name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's give him praise right now. I love you, Lord. That's it. Go ahead and use your voice. Clap your hands. Offer that praise to God. I bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. Praise God. My forever hope. The apostles had just been beaten. They just had been flogged. And the reason was they were preaching the name of Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. I'm referencing Acts 5, 41, when the apostles thereafter left the Sanhedrin. And it says they were rejoicing, you heard that right, because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace or shame for the name. Now, I'm going to make a guess that that could easily intrigue someone today. Somebody here, that might find you a bit amazed at that. And whether I ever articulated it like this, I would have to say in past years in my journey with Jesus, I would probably have said like, wow, um, maybe one day I'll get there. Or, you know, you must need some superpower to come to the place of rejoicing over a beaten. I mean, until I came to a biblical understanding of this precious thing called hope. How could the apostles rejoice that they had been counted worthy to suffer for his name? Hope. Hope. Because they had hope. Now, they did not look at the present, but they looked at what was in their future. And I'm going to ask us today, why would we not rejoice when persecution comes our way? Why would we not rejoice when trials or discomfort comes our way? I'm going to submit to you it's because we lost sight of our hope. Our hope is not wishful thinking. Yeah. Our hope is a confident expectation. It's, again, not a human hope. It is a heavenly hope. And, and I, here's something that might help you with application. If you are frustrated, if you are annoyed, or maybe you're fearful, or maybe you're doubtful, any of these emotions, perhaps... You've lost sight of your hope. Because hope says, no matter what happens here and now, I have a hope there and later. Are you understand what I'm saying? So if I get upset or I get doubtful or what's going on in my life right now and things are, are, are agitating me, maybe, or maybe I'm fearful or doubtful, I'm just saying, could it be that I'm losing sight of the hope? Because it's not about the here and now. It's about the there and later. That I have a hope beyond what I can see or experience right now. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's right. Praise God. Because biblical hope is a confident expectation. And by the way, it's with joy accompanied. It's a confidence. Hope is with pleasure. Hope always has rejoicing in it. To rejoice in hope. Our hope or our expectation 
It's an eternal salvation. Now, while the Apostle Paul was not a part of this particular beating or flogging I referenced, he had plenty of his own experiences. But he, like the other apostles, they rejoiced in hope. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. He said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Same yeah. 2 Corinthians 4.17 in the New Living Translation says, For our present troubles, hello, whatever we're going through, are small and they won't last very long. Yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them, watch this, and will last forever. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to you about there is a forever hope. There is a hope that does not uh, end, and there is a hope that remains forever. Hallelujah. Why don't we just thank you for that hope right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. From the bottom of my heart, I give you praise because my present troubles is not the end of the story. Praise God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And, and so I want you to understand, in all of the apostles, this is, this is really what I, I feel to drive into our spirits today. I want us to see how important and how precious they viewed their hope. That's why the apostles defended their hope. That's why the apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, you to give the reason for the hope that you have. They defended it. They said, be ready to explain it. So when folks ask us, how can you have such peace in the midst of this turmoil? Praise God. When folks say, how can you sing in prison in the midnight hour of your life? What makes you not give up even though you're hurting? What is it that's causing this? Oh, Peter said, you've got to give them the reason for the hope. The hope. It's the hope. Praise God. There are reasons for the hope. I'm going to try to tell you some of them today. I want you to, to decide to get into a personal Bible study so you can get the reasons for the hope. My hope is not about today. My hope is a forever hope. There's a reason, praise God, there's a reason for the hope. Do you know the reason for the hope? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I want you to turn to the book of Acts today, please, chapter 26. And Paul here in Acts chapter 26 is defending and giving his reason for the hope. Obviously, there's some wonderful context in the previous chapter and the rest of the chapter beyond the verses I'm going to read here, but let me just quickly give you context that the Apostle Paul was in Roman custody awaiting his appeal to Caesar. That was his right as a Roman citizen. And so the setting we're jumping into is the regional Roman leader by the name of Festus. He gave Paul an audience with Jewish King Agrippa, 
he was a leader of the territories that was under Rome's control. And so uh, King Agrippa stopped by to congratulate uh, Festus on his recent appointment. He said, you know, I've got this guy that's, that, that, uh, that he's, he's in, in prison. I've inherited this. I want you to come and hear him. And so that's what it's about. Look at verse 6. And as he looks before King Agrippa and this Roman ruler, Festus, he says in verse 6, he said, and now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. Are you getting that? He said, I'm on trial because of my hope. Verse 7, this is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled. Now, this is not a, oh, I hope so. This is not a crossing fingers. There is a confident, settled fact that what God had promised Israel, what God had promised the Jews, he was going to perform as they earnestly served God day and night. He said, oh, king, it's because of this hope that the Jews are accusing me. Paul was raised as a strict Pharisee. He was trained among the rabbis in Jerusalem. He was a well-known figure. And he said, this hope given to our ancestors in the faith, that's what it means here when it says this promise, our 12 tribes, the Jews, hope to attain. He said all of that hope is wrapped up in the belief of the resurrection. It's wrapped up in the life beyond the grave. That's why he asked the rhetorical question in verse 8. He said, why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? He's saying, this is what it's all about. Our hope is based on the resurrection of the dead. He's saying, for this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am being accused by the Jews. He said, what's going on? This is the hope that we're all anchored to as the people of God. He said, don't mess with my hope. <laughs> I don't know why it's saying about don't mess with my ego. Was that a waffle or commercial? I don't know what that was. I'm just saying don't let anybody mess with your hope. Paul said, I'm on trial for hope, but I'm going to defend my hope. You know, it's aptly said we got to defend the faith. Amen. But we also got to defend our hope. Yeah. And if you don't have a heavenly hope, we want you to receive it in the name of Jesus. Because if none of us have hope for tomorrow, then we have no reason for today. Yeah. Flip over to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want you to, 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 to get the, the attitude and the spirit of the Apostle Paul. And listen as he emphasizes that my hope is everything. And I hope I'm conveying this to you because, you know, we may say, oh, my goodness, you know, this is going wrong and I, I'm going to give up and I can't believe they did that. And I can't believe. But that's all getting getting wrapped up into the here and the now. But Paul said, I've got trials coming my way. I've got things that's going on. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to speak up when it comes to my hope. There is a future ahead of me that does not dictate the present that I am in. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Preach it. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 15. Drop down to verse 14. It says, And if Christ has not been raised, talking about the resurrection, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. 
The foundational element of hope is the resurrection. And he's saying, if, if, he didn't, if he wasn't resurrected, he said, you're preaching for nothing, and your faith is for nothing. No hope without the resurrection. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. And then down to verse 19. Oh, listen to the, to the heartbeat of Paul. Verse 19, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Praise God. He rose again, and everyone that's in the grave today that's in Christ, he, he showed us how there's a hope beyond where they are right now. Are you catching this? This is a man of God that's speaking. This is a man that had Christ in his life. He said, he said, but if this hope was limited just to this present life, he said, if all we had is hope in Christ, in Christ, in this life, he said, we are to be pitied. I'm thankful for every exercise of faith and every expression of worship and faithfulness. But he's saying that if all that you get out of your hope is coming to a campus when it gets better or whatever you think is a part of your faith, he said, there's more to it than that. We're just doing some things for something that's coming greater. There's something we're looking forward to. Hallelujah. I want to read that same verses 19 and 20 in the Message Bible because it, it, it says it very clearly. If all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, we are a pretty sorry lot. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. Hallelujah. The truth is that our hope is not temporary. Hope does not have an expiration date. You don't have to throw it away like a, a jug of milk that's past due. It's a forever hope. Hope doesn't end with this life. Hope is in and beyond the grave. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's my forever hope. In fact, if you drop down to verse 32, he said, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus for merely human reasons, and we talked about this when I was uh, teaching on a Thursday night, trained for taking new territory, that these beasts, these evil spirits, and even if they were some humanity, it was spirits manifesting through them. What he fought in Ephesus, all the stuff that he went through. He said, if I went through all that stuff and it was just for this human reason and world that I'm in. He said, what have I gained? Why am I fighting all this stuff? He said, if the dead are not raised, he said, if there's not a resurrection, then let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Oh, that's something. Paul said, this is a fitting philosophy of life. If there's no hope of the resurrection, we need to live it up. We need to eat it up, drink it up because tomorrow we're going to die with no hope. I'm going to share with you. I've done this before, but I think it's good to share it again right now. I find in the Bible there's two common responses to hopelessness. You ready? There's two common responses. When you and I get hopeless, there's a couple responses that are to be expected. Number one, 
It's self-indulgence. And that's what Paul's talking about here in 1 Corinthians 15, 32. He said, just eat, drink, be merry, because tomorrow we're going to die. So when we feel hopeless, we just say, you know what? Let's just self-indulge. But then there's another one that's called despair. Despair. When we lose hope, instead of living it up, we choose giving up. Okay? Is that helping somebody? Let me go back through this again. So self-indulgence is if your constant gratifying of the flesh, if that's what you're doing, it could very well be in response to you have a feeling of hopelessness, whether you realize it or not. I'll show you through some common expressions. Maybe you've said them also. What's the use? Fill in the blanks. Why not? All right. Why not do it one more time? I've done it before. Nothing's changing. So I'm just going to live it up. And that's why people give themselves to all the indulgences and addictions of this world. I'm not criticizing you. I'm trying to tell you that, that, that the root problem is because you don't feel hope. You don't have hope. Yeah. Self-indulgence can really become a false hope. Many people today have false hopes. In the career, they're climbing up the corporate ladder only to discover the ladder's against the wrong wall. There's people that are searching for material wealth or they want power or they're trying to find love in human relationships. But these things and more, they are ultimately worthless. They have no power to keep us afloat. The only thing that can keep us from drowning and in the depths of despair is a true hope. Praise God. I'm just trying to tell you that's what happens. And speaking of that despair, when we're completely beaten down, we're tempted to turn from God, give up, and quit trusting Him. So when your situation seems hopeless, come on now, listen to me. You've got to determine that no matter how bad things become, I'm going to continue to pray. I'm not prophesying anything. I'm just telling you I know the climate we're in. There's people that are losing income. There's stresses that are there. Hear me in the Holy Ghost that one of the responses to hopelessness is saying, I'm just going to give up. But you may be thinking you're going down for the last time, but it's not too late for Jesus. There is hope. He can bring healing to broken relationships. He can release you from a addicting habits. He can give you forgiveness right. and healing to emotional scars. Oh yes, he can. I'm telling you right now, look up here. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Don't listen to the hopelessness that's in your ear. I'm telling you, if your situation looks hopeless, remember that Jesus can do the impossible. Hallelujah. You receive that right now? And, and furthermore, or plus, hope goes beyond right now. I do believe he's a healer. I believe he's going to bring us out. But you know what? If he never does it the way I thought he was going to, I've got an eternal hope that's reserved in heaven for me. Praise God. God. So I got a question for you. Do you have a forever hope? Do you have a forever hope? The Apostle Paul, again, our focus here, he wrote in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to look at verse 12, Ephesians 2, 12. But don't, he's saying, look, you Gentiles, you used to be outsiders. You, you were called uncircumcised heathens by those Jews. And they were proud of their circumcision. And all it affected was their bodies. It didn't affect their hearts. But look what he said in verse 12 of Ephesians 2. That at that time, at that time, you were without Christ. You were separated from Christ. There was a space you were apart from. There was a gap. 
being aliens. Now, that's not Martians. He's saying you weren't just separated from, you were excluded. You weren't in the club. You were isolated. You were a non-participant. He said from the commonwealth of Israel and from and you were strangers from the covenants of promise. Many, that's a plural covenants because God gave that one promise, singular promise to many people. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and repeated that to them over and over. He said, I'm telling you, I'm going to make your seed like the stars of heaven. He kept saying that. He gave that promise to them. And so he said, listen to me. You Gentiles were without Christ, aliens from Israel, strangers from that covenant of promise. He said, having no what? I can't hear you. Did you type it? Did you say it? Having no Hope and without God in the world. Those Jews, they had ideas of God and, and, and immortality, etc. But, but you, you, you uh, Gentiles were, were atheists. You didn't have God. But he said, in this world, you didn't have a portion of that. That's where you were. You are without hope. And without God, I'm preaching to somebody today that you said, that's me. That's me right there. I don't have hope. I don't have God. I don't know which way to turn. I don't even know why I clicked onto this live stream right now. But I'm telling you, I know why you did. Because the same thing that happened to those Gentiles that Paul's writing to in Ephesus. Look at verse 13. He said, that's the way it was. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, you were far away from God. You have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Oh, there was no divine promises for you. You weren't a Jew. You were a Gentile. There was no sure ground of hope for you. But I'm telling you, you've been grafted in. You've got hope today. And the same promise that was given to Abraham is the same promise that I'm giving to you right now. Hallelujah. And notice the promise is essential to having hope. Oh, you want to talk about a promise? Oh, you ought to read Acts chapter number 2. When the church of the living God was born in the new covenant, the new testament, and Peter preached the gospel, he convicted them of their sins. He said, you got to put faith. You were guilty. You have to put faith into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the good news. And in verse 36, he said, therefore, when he got done preaching, he said, let the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, the Messiah. Now, when they heard this, according to verse 37, they were cut to their heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter, in verse 38, taught them how to apply their faith, how to uh, let faith produce obedience, how to respond to the gospel the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said to repent and to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, <clears throat> that means the forgiveness, the removal of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. For this promise, 
Okay, shout promise. I'm telling you, promise is essential to the hope. He said, for this promise is unto you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so in 2020, we're sitting wherever we're sitting, and I'm telling you that promise is extending to you right now. You can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can be born again like Jesus said, that said you must be born again of the water and the Spirit. Uh, contact the church. Reach out to us. We'll baptize you within the guidelines we have in the name of the Lord yeah. Jesus Christ. In a few minutes, I'm going to tell you, you can go to AbundantLifeBaltimore.com slash pray for me. And when you do that, somebody will pray with you. I'm telling you, now's the time. We can't wait for the governor to remove certain restrictions. We've got to respond to the promise and the gospel right now. Yeah. That's what my forever hope is. It's connected to a promise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are you hearing that? Are you receiving that? And, and I, I'm trying, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to connect with people that may feel, I hear you, but, but I've, been, I've been living it up or I've been giving up because I felt so helpless. Mm -hmm. mm. And my mind went back to, I don't know how many years ago, I'm 55 now, and I think this was probably when I was 11 or 12, I don't know, but we had gone to California, and we were on Catalina Island, and it's just a little island that's really picturesque, and they have some, some hills, mountains, whatever you want to call it, and I was just a youngster with my older brother and his friends, and we went out, I was talking to my brother Nathan about this, the best we can remember, we were just out, I guess, doing some of the hiking and trailing. I don't know how this happened, but I guess we were climbing up and now trying to climb back down that mountain. And when we were coming down, um, you have to remember that there was the road there, and, and there was, the best I remembered, just probably seven feet or more of just straight up jagged rocks. So you had these, this terrain and this grass coming down. And it was steep enough that all I remember is I'm standing here with you right now. That's the way I was on the mountain. I just felt like I was standing up. And we're trying to crawl down. And the rest of them had gotten down there, but yours truly had not. And I didn't know how to navigate it. And I remember... Uh, Larry came, maybe he'd never gone down yet, but he was there. And Larry came over to me to try to help me to get down that mountain. And, and Nathan told me, I, he said, I remember we were, we were really afraid and concerned about this. And I can remember, he'd say, Larry would say, grab that right there. And then it was like a root, and it would pull out. And I'd start sliding a couple feet. And I'm remembering these rocks are down there. I mean, it was, it was, it was terrifying to me. I don't know that I would have died, but I think I would have got hurt pretty seriously. And I just remember that moment where I, I grasp a, a root and then it would give out and I'd slide some more. And I know that there's peril down there. Are, are, are some of you connecting right now that maybe that's the way you feel in your life? I grab onto this and I think maybe that'll work and it just pulls out from under me and I'm sliding more and I'm heading for, for danger below me. Does that? And, and I can remember, I can remember in the midst of all that stuff, I looked at Larry and I said, I'm going to give up. I can't do it. Now, what I thought I would do, I don't know. I, 
I guess I'd be broadcasting from Catalina Island. I don't know. But I, I remember, so I'm going to get him. He said, no, no. He said, you can't do that. Uh, this may be a silly story to you. I don't know. But I'm trying to tell you that I'm Larry in your life right now. I'm trying to tell you that things are, it, it feels hopeless. It feels like you can't make it right now. But I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what happens. There is a Jesus that can give you a forever hope. Yeah. There is a God in heaven. Peter said, there is a, 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 a hope that's reserved in heaven for you. Don't give up. Don't quit. Respond to the gospel. Let the Holy Spirit infuse in you Something beyond just this life. Would you help me pray right now? Would you pray where you are right now? I want you to know that Jesus is in the house. Jesus is reaching for you. Oh, there's a hope. There's a hope. Paul said, I'm going to defend this hope. I'm going to fight for this hope. In the name of Jesus. I speak to you in the name of Jesus. You can't give up. You can't give up. There's a God in heaven. There's a hope in heaven. There's something beyond what you can see, taste and feel right now. I'm telling you wherever you are, pray in the Holy Ghost. Wherever you are, if you want help right now, if you're wanting to pray, I've already told you, just go ahead to that website. Click where it says pray for me and when you give us your information somebody's going to call you. Somebody's going to pray with you. Come on Abundant Life. You don't even have to do that. You know people right now the Holy Ghost is telling you to pray for. I challenge you. Why do we even just have to pray where we are? Pick up that phone right now. If you have their number and say, you know, we're going to agree right now. We're going to call on the name of Jesus. We're gathering up to the front right now and we're saying that God is doing something that only he can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I bless your name, Lord. I praise your name, Jesus. That's it. Go ahead. Pursue him. Call on him. He is here. Hallelujah. Feel after him. If haply we might find him, though he be not far from any one of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I'm not just talking about people that's not been born again. I remind this church that Paul said, he said, it's possible to be the converted one. It's possible to be the one that uh, is in Christ and you can still revert to self-indulgence. You can still revert to despair. Oh, if you're not abounding in hope like Paul said in Romans 15, verse 13, may the God of hope right now fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, it's too easy to get caught up in this life. It's too easy to get caught up in what's going on right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. I'm encouraging you. If you're a guest with us, go right now, if you haven't, to AbundantLifeBaltimore.com slash pray for me. And somebody will reach out to you. That's it, saints of God, pray. Hallelujah. Seek the Lord right now while he may be found. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we got to hold to God's unchanging hand. We got to build our hope on things eternal. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God as you're praying right now. As you're seeking the Lord right now. 
in the name of Jesus. That's it, right where you are. Hallelujah. If you're familiar with Abundant Life on campus, I repeat it, we're up at the front right now. We're up at the front. So you're standing, you're walking, you're moving, you're doing something, and the Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hold to God's unchanging hand. That's it. To God's unchanging hand. That's it. Pray right now, wherever you are.
placed within us. Oh, Lord Jesus, a hope that transcends everything that we see in the natural. Lord God, our hope that is an eternal, our hope that is an eternal home with you, oh God. But help us, oh God, to not even look to that future hope alone. To not even look to that and say, oh, I, I have to hold on until that hope of a future comes. But, oh, God, we can hold to the hope that you've placed within our life right now. That whatever comes our way, we do not have to be discouraged. We do not have to be fearful. But we can claim and know that you have promised to order our steps. You have promised to lead and guide us, oh, God. And we have hope in this life. No that you have put it all together that you have orchestrated it oh God for your purpose for our life and that it melds with the purpose that you have for all of us oh God and to cling to that to hold on to that that our eyes oh God would be opened to see what you are working now and not to be blinded oh God by the enemy or the things that seem to overtake us but that you would open our eyes to the greater hope the things that are unseen, oh God, and that we can have hope in that, that we can walk in that, and that our faith can be renewed and revived, oh God, by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have placed within us. And I exalt you, and I lift you up, and I praise you, oh Lord God, because you do all things well. And you've made me a part of your plan and purpose. I bless your name. I bless your name. Thank you for renewed hope. Thank you for renewed hope. Join in now with your praise.